0: Welcome back to That Chess Podcast, episode 34, Turbo Timo. I'm joined, as always, by Jack Davies. How are we doing, man?
2: Yeah, not too bad, mate. Um, Just a standard game, really. Don't think we really got tested today, but it's another three points and into the top four, and that's where we want to be. So, happy days at the moment.
0: Yes, Jack. And we've got a special guest on the pod today, making his debut on the pod. Jack, you know him very well, so why don't you introduce him? Okay, <laughs> yeah, I will. Okay, this is
2: my mate Matt. I went to went to uni with him. So know him pretty well, been housemates for the last three years or so. Um, and funny enough, we actually get him on today because uh in our in our like Saturday league football team, he would use it his pace, running in behind, scoring so many goals, uh used to bag them for fun and we used to we used to call him Timo Werner last year. So him turning up today for his debut on the pod and Werner breaking his duck was so was meant to be basically, but I'll let him say hello.
1: Yeah, oh, cheers, Jack. that was very kind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me, boys. Yeah, uh, very happy to be
0: here. No, exactly. Look forward to getting into the game with you, Matt. Right, Jack. Before we started, we did actually, you know, since we last met, we did also play in the FA Cup against Barnsley. Um, but that was yeah. fucking that was fucking boring. It was a, a one nil win. <laughs> Most notable thing that happened was Kepa made a save. Tammy scored a goal and then Tammy, Tammy cleared off the line and basically in the space of that game has shown he's a better goalkeeper than Alisson. Um, that's all we need <laughs> to say about Barnsley moving forward to the next round of the cup where well, we've drawn Sheffield United. So hopefully, you know, a good chance of going to Wembley there. But yeah. Jack, we played last this game week. It started off with Liverpool losing at Leicester and then United mm. went and drew with West Brom. Spurs got battered at Man City, Everton lost against Fulham, so we're just waiting for us. The chance had presented itself, you've got a great <laughs> chance of getting into the top four, and we took it, didn't we? We played, we did the job today,
2: yeah. Just one of those job done. Um, thought we were good in this, good in the first half. Uh, Newcastle did sort of get into the game in the second half, but at the end of the day, they didn't really trouble us at all. Um it just seems to be what we're doing at the moment controlling the games, taking three points. And we'll go on to harder games uh, coming up. But um, it's been a great start under Tushell and long may it continue.
0: Yeah. Um, right, boys. Obviously, the main talking point before we get into it was the lineup. <laughs> and Mr. Ariza Balaga found himself in the starting 11. <laughs> um, I'll be honest, I was pretty pissed off. I didn't see what Eddie Mendy had done wrong. Uh, Matt, talk to me, what were you feeling when you saw Kepa in goal?
1: Oh, God. I was speaking to Jack about it, actually. It was, my emotions on this have completely changed following Tuchel's interview. Um, but as <laughs> along with everyone else, I think, when you first see that lineup, you instantly think, that's the board's decision. That's not Tuchel who wants to do it. Uh, Mendy has done nothing wrong. Kepa made one save, good save, but one save against Barnsley. So it's a bit of a joke decision. And I guess you could say decision justified in that he had a good game. Um, didn't make any mistakes made one I think they overplayed on Sky Sports really it was a save he should make uh, he made a couple of comfortable saves and again as I mentioned the fact that Mendy's going to come back in is definitely a relief and a positive but um, no a weird start to the evening but overall no harm done
0: yeah I think that sums it up well, um, yeah, well. hopefully Marina is not picking Chelsea starting 11s anymore <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah so fair play you know when you're playing against Newcastle Jack to be fair that first half, the worst side we've seen at Stamford Bridge this season?
2: Definitely right up there. They're literally offered absolutely nothing, did they? Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're in trouble, I think. If, if Fulham start getting a few uh, picking up a few runs, runner uh, run of games and picking up some points with this new striker who scored a couple last night, they could be in trouble, potentially, especially with if- no Callum Wilson.
1: It was really weird, I thought, in that, because Newcastle, the last few games, I haven't watched them, I admit, but you keep hearing they've gone to this more attacking, pressing style of football, um, apparently, in the last couple of weeks, which I thought would cause us a lot of problems tonight, especially as we saw against Barnsley, we're not great when teams press us. So it was really weird, especially at first 45, I thought, they were, like you say, they were absolutely dreadful, didn't get out their own um, half, which came as a surprise, I thought, but oh well, we made the most of it anyway. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Jack, I guess the unfortunate thing, Tammy Abraham got injured at first. You know, it's weird because I at first I was like, that's not a penalty. And then Gary Neville's mm-hmm. discussion at half time on it was actually quite interesting about how, you know, from one angle, it looks like a penalty, but then Tammy goes looking for it. Like and then as a result, pen. gets himself injured. But, you know, his, mate, his replacement, Olivier Giroud, was the one who opened the scoring. And it was that man, Timo Werner, who created it.
2: Yeah, the big man Giroud, I think I saw, he's now got 21 goals from coming off the bench, uh, only three behind the go-to Jermaine Defoe now, I think. Um, but yeah, Timo, after getting a little whack in his face, I won't talk too much about that. All I'm going to say is if that was someone like they're getting absolutely rinsed um, <laughs> for his little uh, cut on his lip. But yeah, comes on after his treatment and... That's where Timo Werner's best, just picking up the ball and driving at people, using that pace to get past them. Um, Doesn't always look the most skillful when he does it. It's more of a knock and run, but it does the trick and fair play to him. Got past the fullback, brilliant cross. And then Oli Giroud's one of the best in the world uh, in in and around that six-yard box to convert it home for us.
0: Yep, exactly. And that was us, 1-0 up. And then... Uh, Matt. Second goal comes from Mason a Mason Mount Corner. Surprise, surprise, the boy puts the ball on the money and there's Timo Werner finding space and he gets it over the line just about, but the relief when he scored that goal.
1: Yeah, he did his best to not get over the line, didn't he? And <laughs> even when he scored it, you saw he, he looked at the linesman, he thought it might have been a handball. He was he wasn't sure, was he? And as soon as um, when the VAR check was over, the relief on his face was huge. And I think the rest of us as well, uh, watching him get it. Because it has been a struggle, but he's put a real shift in, um, especially since Tuchel's come in. But all the way through, I think he's held himself well. And I've always, I think as fans, it's quite easy to lose faith in players. So I think with him, he has continued to push. So I'm delighted for him to get his goal. Goal itself, as you say, very scruffy, uh, good corner from Mount. But you take those, don't don't you, all day long as a striker? And um, hopefully that's uh, the start of a long goal run for him.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think Timo Werner has now been involved in our last five Premier League goals under Thomas Tuco, obviously winning a couple of penalties, assisting Mason Mount, getting on the score sheet today. So, yeah, very encouraging display from Timo and hopefully things will be on the upward turn. Uh, we'll get into him in the questions later, Jack. There's one person I want to talk about. He's a player that, you know, we've asked for a lot more of on this for quite a lot in Mateo Kovacic, you know, he didn't exactly set, set the world alight at the beginning of this season. But fair play to him today. I thought you ran the show. And look, if Timo had fin-you know, Timo's finishing been a bit there, he might even have had an assist.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, he, he could have had a few more assists if his um, final ball in the final third is a bit better. I mean, we all know that's the thing he's got to improve on, um, and goal scoring to take it to the next level. But I mean, there is a reason he won our player of the season last year, and the way he picks up the ball and turns. And break, breaks the lines. Um, I know we've compared it before to a bit like Hazard, the way he dribbles with the ball, and that's what he's what that's what he's best at. Um, and he did that really well
0: today again. Uh, yeah, Matt. I guess with Coudre, we're starting to see, especially under Tuchel now. One, he's moving the ball quicker, but also actually some more forward, progressive passes, and you know, actually creating some chances. Yeah, completely that.
1: Um, he's playing with Jorginho, but he's definitely the more aggressive of the two. Um, and he's the one who, like you say, is actually going between lines and actually playing the ball forwards, which is what, as fans, have been screaming out for him to do. So I think you guys have <laughs> before here him, uh, and me as well, we're not always in his biggest fans, but you have to give credit. Um, he was class tonight, best player. And like you said, he should have had an assist. He created a few chances, especially early on, um, more than he normally does, which is. Yeah, good to see, and hope it continues. If we're going to continue with uh, him in that position, so
0: yeah, exactly. Obviously, Jack Kepper returned, and you know, first half he wasn't tested at all. Newcastle, for some whatever reason, decided you know yeah. they're not going to take shots at him. Second half, Newcastle actually decided to try and play football, and within you know beginning of the second half, Kepper was tested. Um, You know. I don't think he did anything perhaps outstanding. of note. made that one sort of, I guess, good diving save. Was it as good as Will? You know, I haven't seen the replay of it, so I can't tell you how like amazing that diving think, save yeah. was. But, he, you know, he actually comfortably caught a free kick and didn't parry it out. So I guess that's, <laughs> that's a positive. But, you know, overall, a solid showing from him.
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you can't really uh, complain at someone when they've kept a clean sheet. Uh, that's all I say. But... Um, it, we didn't. he didn't have to do anything at the end of the day, did he? So, um, you you can't really read into his game, analyse his game too much when he's had to make two saves. And the one that he saved was a good save, but uh, the way Willock headed it into the ground, and it bounced up, it took a lot of pace off the ball. So, uh, I think Matt said earlier, I think it's a save you expect him to make. Um, but yeah, fair play to him, get the confidence up for him. Yeah. Um, and again, like Matt said, I was happy watching Tuchel after being very honest and just saying, no, nope, Mendy's number one. Because um, before the game, I was as clueless as you boys, to be honest, seeing that. I mean, Mendy's he's been one of our best players since he's come in. and I think he's kept 10, 10 clean sheets in his 19 Premier League games and four in his last six. So, you look at that and think, how's he been dropped? But uh, it's reassuring to know that he's going to be back in the net against Southampton. But, yeah, going back to Kepa again, fair play to him. And um, I'd say long may it continue, but I don't want to see him in the net. But good for his confidence.
0: Yeah, exactly. Job done as far as that was concerned. I think we saw another solid showing from Callum today. Again, certainly we saw we were seeing a lot of sort of cutbacks in that first half. That sort of certainly seemed to be part of an evident game plan. And again, I'll give this one to you, Matt. Andreas Christensen, you know, another fairly solid performance in a back three.
1: Yeah, whisper it quietly. He's put a few of these in. <laughs> um, no, I, I, but I again, I, I don't like Christensen as a centre-back because so I think he goes down far too easily. I don't think he's strong enough. But in a back three, you do get more protection. And yeah, he's shown that he can handle himself well. He's made no errors. He's defended well. Um, and he seems to be a calming influence at the back which I never thought I'd say so no again um, definitely commend him um, and give him the credit that he deserves I still think when Thiago Silva's fit obviously he's our first choice centre-back I still don't see Christiansen starting uh, necessarily but it's good to know that maybe as a backup centre-back we can rely on him more than we could if we were playing a back four so again um, another promising sign from tonight really.
0: Yeah, Jack. In general, I think sort of the whole backline sword. Sort and of Marcus Alonso, you know, another solid shift. Certainly going forward.
2: Yeah, no. Like we said, you probably stick him up front for us over the over the past few seasons. The boy in the box, he's a fox in the box and can stick it in the net. Um, and probably could have could have today if he'd taken a shot a bit quicker um, in the second half. But yeah, no, I thought he was good. I. Um, like listening to Sky Sports and seeing the analysis of uh, Timo's goal and you see how he was going inside a lot today to then create that space for Timo. That seems to be something that we've been working on to get the best out of Timo, so that's been good as well. And then, at the end of the day, his height is a massive advantage for us as well, attacking and defending. He's um, probably one of the tallest players in the squad um, when you look at it. Um so that's another positive for him, and fair play to the bloke since he's come in, especially having not played for played any minutes for three or four months um, to have come in and played this this many games in shots of such a short space of time. Um, fair play to him, and just shows that he had been keeping his fitness up over the last four months.
0: Yeah, no, I think you know we sort talked about most people actually. I'll go having one person not really Olivier Giroud, Matt. You know, I think. Against uh who did we play the other day? Sheffield. Sheffield, Sheffield United. United. He was pretty I thought he was pretty poor, but today Terrible. <laughs> yeah, Jack Jack saying it as is But today a lot more <laughs> a, a stronger showing from him today. And he, you know, hold up playing just general just general, you know, the all of the we we've come to know and love.
1: Yeah, um just on I don't think
0: we can mention Drew I'll go on to him but I felt really bad for Tammy,
1: um because I thought it was a big chance of him today after he was showing in the cup and I thought he started really well. And he really does start the press well for us. And that first 10 minutes while he was on, I thought the signs looked really good. It's a real shame about him. Hopefully it's not a bad injury. Rishirou, yeah, he comes on. He does a job, doesn't he? he? He's always better off the bench. Even if he's only coming on 15 minutes in, he's always better off the bench. Um, he finishes that, which a lot of players at our club and other Premier League clubs don't have a striker who will be in the right position to finish that. So it's what you need. And you're right, I think his hold-up play uh, was good, a lot better than against uh, Sheffield United. And he showed himself well, won three kicks when he could and uh, played well. I still... Still have the feeling if with Tuchel, I don't think Giroud is going to play a prominent part. I don't see him being that sort of player. But again, you can't fault his professionalism and he does a job when asked and he gets goals. His goal record is quite outstanding, isn't it? So, um yeah, really happy to have him in the squad and another strong showing from him.
0: Yeah, right. I think as, you know, all the players we saw sort of discussing, you know, I guess Reese had a solid showing off the bench today. You know, again, We're seeing that in tacking a tent from right wing back, you know, could have had a goal. Good save from Dalo Kante again coming on, shoring up the ship where Newcastle did put us under a bit more pressure in the second half. Mason Mount may be slightly underwhelming today, but, you know, that's his high standards that he set. He's not quite living up to them in this match. Right, going to move on to the questions. First question comes in from a Chelsea page who asked, does Keppa start against Southampton? As we've alluded to earlier, Thomas Tuchel's <laughs> kind of answered that. Uh, Mendy's number one, so I think Mendy will see Mendy in goal against Southampton, particularly as Southampton will cause us more problems than Newcastle. Uh follow-up from Calvo, who goes, can Kepa revive a somewhat status of the world's most expensive keeper under Tuchel? My short answer is no, but, you know, if Jack and Matt want to try and <laughs> elaborate on that, um, Jack? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you see Tuchel
2: saying very quickly no mendy's number one then i think that's your answer for you um yeah that's the answer at the end of the day i don't know if matt wants to add anything
1: just very quickly i was just thinking with Kepper. i think they were saying on sky i don't know if it's true that he's brought in because his distribution is apparently better than mendy yeah. which i think is farcical anyway because you want your keeper who make saves but his distribution wasn't great tonight and i don't think no. it's better than mendy's necessarily so no
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, next question comes in from a good mate of ours, Louis. He asked, despite the recent run of good results, do you trust covering Georgie in a midfield two against Atletico and Man United coming up? Uh, Matt, I'll let you go first on this. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, again, no, personally, I don't. It's a difficult one, this, because again, we praised Kovacic tonight and I thought he was the best player on the pitch. And I don't exactly think Jorginho played badly tonight, nor has he played badly in the run of games. I just don't like them together in the middle of the pitch. I don't like the partnership. And I think especially when you look at our bench and the options we have and the attacking players, what we could get out is better than what we have there at the moment. So the wins we've got so far, in my opinion, I'm sure we'll go on to this a bit more, is more about the opposition being poor than us being great. And it's not necessarily been a big challenge. And I think with those two in the middle, there are much better options in order to get the attacking talent of Pulisic, Havertz. I know he's in Pulisic, Havertz, Ziyech. And those are onto the pitch in a better way than having composition and junior sitting as a two and a six. I don't think it offers us enough if we want to be challenging for titles, which sounds silly at the moment, but as a club, that's where we want to be. Start the season, we said we want to be up there, sort of challenging. I don't think those two in the middle give you a midfield balance. That's going to challenge for titles. And I don't think this run of games has changed my opinion, nor will it unless going in- these games, it, you know, they show up cause I'm sure it will be those two who play those games against United and Atletico and so on. So I guess we'll see, but
0: no. Yeah. Jack, so sort of just, you know, follow up to that. Do, do you think, one, playing a free of the back helps Kovacic and Jorginho that bit more? And do you also think that given the opposition and how we have basically dominated and had all the ball in all these games has also, you know, meant the well, cover and Jorginho haven't really been tested or exposed yet?
2: What well, massively suits them, doesn't it? Because that's Jorginho's game at the end of the day. And he's done a brilliant job at it, and especially against Spurs as well. Just the way they've been moving the ball so much quicker, the triangles have been brilliant. But even even there was an instance today, I remember, in the fir- first half, I think, Jorginho lost the ball quite hard at the pitch. And I'm just thinking there, against the better teams they're going to punish us on the counter-attack. I know, arguably, playing the five at the back, they probably then have more... Well, they do have more protection behind them with the three centre-backs. But, I don't know, I just see that today. We're lucky we recover the ball. We've got players like Mason that get back, etc. But against the better teams, I think generally think they will punish us. Um, and when you see... The fixtures we've got coming up I know we've got Southampton next weekend but then we've got United, Everton, Leeds, Atletico the, these are the games now that are going to decipher where we're going to be at the end of the season and whether those two can cope and if at the end of those games we've won most of them and beaten Atletico and could go through to the next round of the Champions League I mean I'll take my hat off fair play That that will be the way we're going forward but at the moment, I, I credit them where credit's due, but I just, I just think those counter attacks we can get killed. To be honest,
0: yeah, Louis, I think it's very much opposition dependent. I think these games are suited this duo, but again, and I know it's you know a different manager, but I think back to last season, the games against United in the league, especially Fred McTominay etc. in midfield bullied Kovacic and Jorginho and all three all, in both league games and the Carabao Cup game. You know, we beat him in the FA Cup, you know, and credit to us, I think maybe the three of the back, that they helped them out a bit. And then against Atletico, which is just going to be, you know, well, we don't really know what to necessarily expect from Atletico because, you know, they're sort of running away with the league at the moment, but we saw against Liverpool last year what they can do and how, especially in the first, like how they started off actually really aggressively and on the front foot. And if you put, I feel if you put Georgie and cover under any sort of amount of pressure, you can get them, to crack, so I don't trust them mm-hmm. yet. Credit where credit's due; they've done a role. But it, I, I think what people, and I know it's a new manager, but I think what people have gone and the history suggests that they will struggle, and it's going to take, and with you know, with Kepper as well, it's going to take a lot for people to actually get them, you know, to trust them in the big games and get people back on side. But look, obviously, if they get picked in those two games, I really hope they they show up. But yeah, I do I trust them? No, is the Answer to that uh, at the moment, that is anyway, but we'll wait and see. RJ asks, Have your views about Jovicic shifted based on recent performances under Thomas Tuchel, or are you still guarded? I feel like we've sort of just discussed <laughs> that. Um, I'd say still guarded, but look, I'm all if as I said, I'll send this to you, Jack. If Thomas Tuchel can make Jorginho and Kovacic midfield pivot work, then power to him, and I'm all for it because results all the matters at the Yeah, end
2: of the day. 100%. It's the results. I mean, you look at that starting team today, and you've got Alonzo, Kepper, Christensen, J- uh, Jorginho Kovacic, Calum at wing back, Rudiger. Wingback, Rudiger. And you think, Jesus, that that is weak. That is weak. And if he starts losing games and is playing that as an eleven, um, he's going to get heavily criticised. But if he's playing that and we're winning games, you you can't say anything. We're winning games and that's all that matters. Well, as we've seen, that's all the board care about. So, that's what we've got to do.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Matt, anything to add? No, I think that, I think that sums
1: it up perfectly. It's a results game, uh, so we'll see what happens. And they will play against Atletico and so on Manchester. It will be those two in It doesn't matter what we say, does it, or the fans, like, that I think will be the pivot. So, we'll, we will see in a few weeks whether it works or not but
0: fair enough fair enough uh, shifting the focus slightly dean ask can we have some appreciation for georginio kovacic <laughs> now controlling the game um look fair play to them you know so far they have you know run the show pretty much you know barring i think maybe sheffield united first maybe the start of sheffield united they've been relatively untested um yeah jack you know we sort of praised kovacic earlier a fair play to this duo at the moment, you know, they are sort of running the show for us.
2: They are, they're making us tick, to be fair. And and we said it earlier, the amount of forward balls they're playing now in comparison to what I've seen them play over the last two years is is tenfold, to be honest with you. Um you struggle to think of many Jorginho forward passes. I think of the one he played the one he played against Watford away. Um, for Tammy was unreal. And you saw that then and thought, this is what we've bought him for. This is what we want to see. And in the last few games, he has not playing balls like that, but he has been playing forward passes. Um, And we said it earlier, that's what you want to see. You want to see us making those passes to then go and attack teams, not just keep knocking it around the side, but they do that at times and do it effectively to then play it to the players um, to get further forward from the wing backs, etc. So yeah, I mean they have they have been quality and um that's
0: all we can say. Yeah, no, I think we've kind of answered that. Um slightly moving on, Travis asks, is this for being is this the beginning of a long run of goals for Timo Werner? Um Matt, I'm gonna give you this you know question. Not an easy Come, answer, Timo, answer.
2: give us the answer.
1: Look, no, he, he'd never want to just stick your neck out there on the line, but you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Um, he's getting in the right positions. He has been for the last few games. He's getting the chances. He should have buried one a couple of minutes before tonight for his goal. Um, like I said, good, fall, good uh, free ball from Kovačić. But he's getting there. And I don't. I, his interview after the game. I'm so happy for him. Like you can tell, he was he was playing it down a bit. but You can tell he was so happy he scored. Um, and hopefully, it is a confidence thing, and they start coming for him because we're creating chances. I think there was a period early in the season we weren't necessarily creating the chances for him. He was getting a lot of the stick. We are definitely creating chances now uh, with the wing-backs overlapping, uh, Mount and whoever um, in field. He's going to get a lot of chances. So it is up for him to take it. He's, had, yeah. he's got time to adjust. He's adjusting. That will continue to happen. But hopefully now, yeah, we'll see him have a run of games. And they're tough games, as we keep saying. They are tough games. So it'd be great if um, he starts showing up with goals now. That would be a brilliant time to do it.
0: Yeah, I guess, Jack, one of the arguments labelled at Tammy Abraham particularly, particular is his lack of goals against, you know, top quality oppositions. I guess now that's the next step for Timo Werner to, to try and get those goals in, in more important in tougher games for us. Oh, de-
2: oh definitely. It's the last one against Morecambe um, and then Newcastle today. Yeah. Um... He's done it before, though. That's the thing. He's done it at the highest level in the Bundesliga, in the in the Champions League, and he's, like I say, he scored. He scores goals. For, he scored goals for fun. So, I think it is a confidence thing when you listen to his listen to his interviews, and it definitely has played on his mind. From what he said, you can hear it in his voice, um, and just how he how he's there and just saying he like he he knows he he needs to be scoring the goals he needs to be the main man and they just haven't quite been falling his way um but his attitude's been brilliant and like you said earlier nick what was it he's contributed five five goals oh, he's been directly involved
0: droppings. in the last directly involved in our last That's five premier league goals scored under thomas two massive
2: yeah. massive and i think i said it last week the winning the penalty against Spurs and then winning the penalty against Sheffield United, that, those could go unnoticed at the end of the season. They could be massive, massive contributions for
0: us. Yeah, I think, again, after... I'm not sure, but I think Nizar can sell tweet after game, but now Timo has now got the most sort of goal contributions for Chelsea in all competitions this season. He's now gone above Tammy. And I think, look, credit to Timo. I think, unlike previous Chelsea strikers we've had, they've they've gone and hid you know, to name a few, Alvaro Morata sort of just, you know, gave up and was basically a massive wet wipe uh, the second Golly. half of that season. <laughs> doing, his
2: girl- doing his girlfriend's hair every week.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, look, credit to Timo. He's, you know, I don't think he shirks responsibility. He's always trying. I don't think you can ever question, you know, Timo's effort throughout this run. And he's always been trying and getting in game positions. It's not just quite been falling for him. And again, even today before his goal, you know, those near misses. Oh, yeah. Just on the stretch, just missed one. And then, you know, that, I say, brilliant ball by Kovacic, which he just couldn't quite take, you know, Mm. put away. But he's getting in the position. His touch as well sometimes.
2: His touch is still a bit dodgy. But um, like we said, hopefully the goal just gives him that confidence to get the ball down, take people on, take shots at goal. Yeah.
0: No, exactly. And I think against Southampton, if they leave some space, you know, if they, if we can catch them, there will be plenty of chances for Timo. So, look, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because, you know, last time Timo was in decent form. Our mate Louie said he doesn't miss big chances <laughs> and then he didn't score a Premier League goal for about three months or whatever, going <laughs> close to a thousand minutes. So I don't want to jinx Timo, but let's hope so. Next question comes in from Kamal who goes, you flung us out We're in the Champions League. This train isn't stopping. Uh, Jack has been, you know, an encouraging start. I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but uh, encouraging start under Thomas Tuchel.
2: Yeah, massively. Uh, Like we've said, there's some big, big games coming up. So I think you have to go on and run against the top teams to really test ourselves and see where we can go. But from from looking from the first few games, I don't see why not. especially when we've been this resolute defensively and not con- we we've conceded one goal which was a terrible defensive mix up and an own goal which was shocking last week but other than that honestly i don't i don't really recall anyone registering a big chance against us uh, a great strike that the keepers had to make at all over the past 5 6 games so it and that's what the, the best teams are built on a good defence. So, if we can continue that and then get these boys like Timo, Pulisic, Mount, Callum up and running up top, then we could be a decent force for the rest of the season and hopefully progressing to the deeper rounds of the Champions League because we haven't seen that in a long time and and you just love to hear the Champions League music.
0: Yeah, exactly. exactly. As you say, Thomas Tuchel was brought in to get Chelsea top four, so very much doing uh, the job so far. Matt, I think only Pep Guardiola's Manchester City have got a better record since Thomas Tuchel took charge. So, yeah, encouraging signs.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think we were all very um, what's the word? emotional, shall we say, when Frank left. Um, quite angry at the club, amongst other words. Um, but Tuchel's come in and to be fair to him, he couldn't have done a better job, could he? Um, he's done everything right I think the way he's handled himself in the media has been really promising as well Like he says it how it is but in quite a positive way which is nice clearly not afraid to do it his own way which might be interesting with the board, we'll see Uh, but yeah, really promising stuff Uh, bigger tests lie ahead but like you said, his job was to get us in the top four when he first came that seemed very unlikely and now it's still going to be a challenge but we're in a strong position, aren't we? So.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly that win today. Puts us two points ahead of Liverpool, four points behind Leicester and Manchester United. So who knows? We could be coming for second place. And who would have said that a few <laughs> weeks ago? My oh, boys, I'm going to bring you back down to earth with this next question. It comes in from Neil, goes, are we getting carried away? The teams we played under Tuchel, the same teams Lampard went undefeated against. Bar, bar Wolves. Uh, he got stick from the fans for that. So are we getting ahead of ourselves or have we really turned a corner? Jack, obviously... This run in the Premier League is consisted of a draw against Wolves, beating Burnley, uh, beating Spurs, beating Sheffield United and beating Newcastle. So I guess if we're looking at this run of five games, that's 13 points. In these games under Frank, mm-hmm. we took 10. free wins, a draw and a mm-hmm. loss in the corresponding fixtures under Frank. So, you know, yeah. are we getting uh, carried away with ourselves? I think
2: to an, ex- ex- to an extent, yeah. Yeah, definitely. We probably are. Um before Frank was given given the chop, I was I was looking at this bunch of fixtures and thinking he gets through those games against Man City, etc., and he's got these fit these fixtures to pick up the points again. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the football that we were watching at the end of the Lampard era, especially against Leicester, it was it was pain really painful to watch. Um, so you you hundred percent have to give Tushar credit. He's definitely come in and made a positive change. Um, but exactly, we've we've banged on it about it. This a whole pod. There's massive games coming up for us, so we just have to judge it at the end at the end of this run to be able to see or forecast where we could possibly go.
0: Yeah, Matt, are we getting ahead of ourselves, or you know, have we turned a corner? I guess given how you know we have been. Pretty solid defensively, these last run games, not giving up many opportunities. And to be fair, if we were more clinical, we might have won these games a bit more convincingly.
1: Yeah, it's a difficult one. I do think we're slightly getting ahead of ourselves, certain fans. Um, The reason I say that is I'll compare it against that run that you mentioned, the Lampard, when we went top briefly and the football we were playing at times then was great. Uh, Ziek was in full flow, uh, Werner was banging and we were playing some really good football and then it all went a bit pear-shaped, as we know. Um, And we were solid at the back then as well. Thiago Silva had come in and instantly made such a big impact. Mendy was getting clean sheets every game, it looked like. So it's a similar sort of run, similar sort of fixtures. I think the Spurs one is an interesting game because under Frank this season, we know we didn't win a game against the top six. goals come in, big six. goals come in and done that, which is quite impressive. Yes, Spurs were dreadful, but still, you can only play what's in front of you. So... It's very positive. Do I think we're getting ahead of ourselves? Yes, because I go back to what we've mentioned about the midfield and about certain players that, although have held themselves well so far under his reign, I just don't think are good enough to get us where we want to be, to get us that next step further in challenging the top two or Man City who
2: are in the league of their own, really. So, uh, yeah, go on. No, I was just going to add to that and I almost, like, hope seeing that some of those players playing, you almost hope that that they're being played and the board are asking them to play to almost increase their transfer market value so then we can get rid of them in the summer, the likes of Alonso etc, because they've just spent £50 on Ben Chilwell who's 23-24 you're going to want him to be playing for us in the future so that's how I have got to, that's how I'm trying to look at these players playing if you see what I mean, I don't know what you boys think
0: I think it's a tough one because to be fair, Alonso's come in and he's not really done a foot wrong. And Jack, to be fair, we've been on Ben who has been a bit underwhelming yeah, yeah. recently. And he is, I guess, you know, not really played in a back three or played as a wing back before. So it will take time. Look, I think, you know, unfortunately, someone like Tony Rüdiger, you know, who look who should have been out of the club in the summer, if frank if things had been, you know, gone correctly, is now one of the first names on the team sheet. And someone like Kurt Zuma, who's been so reliable now isn't in the team. That, you know, is perhaps a concern for me. But then, again, I look at it and I go, well, Tuchel's come in mid-season. He's not had any pre-season. And I know we didn't have a pre-season the start of this season, but he's literally working with what he's got. He's also under pressure to get top four because he was brought in to get top four. The club didn't, you know, the club sacked Frank saying, OK, you, the gap, it's tough. It's not going to be easy, but you've got to try and bridge that gap and you've got to try and get top four. And now... I'll be honest. We're in a position now where top not getting top four to me is unacceptable now. As maybe as harsh as that sounds, we're in a position now where teams are out of form, teams are struggling in, a
2: lot. It's in our hands at the it's end in of the our day. Hands. Yeah.
0: Exactly. We've st- you know Man United and Leicester. We still play at home. Two of our rivals for you know certainly the top four, and maybe even looking higher in the league. Um, but yeah, as I said, these players so far, a lot of them are doing well. But again, it's sort of linking back to what I said earlier about the Jovicic, and I, I don't mean to be negative because, you know, I want to be really happy and we are in the top four. But history suggests these players will let you down at some point. History suggests these players will make a mistake and it will be costly. And I just hope it doesn't come in a really, really big game where we will get punished. Because so far, we've played teams that, let's be honest, aren't great. We've, beaten a, a, we've drawn with a Wolves side that are dreadful. A team that look a, a, a barely recognizable from a the team they were two seasons ago. We've we've beaten a Burnley side that, yeah, okay, they've won at Liverpool, but are genuinely a pretty dull, dire side to watch. We've beaten an absolutely dreadful Spurs team that is only going in one direction and that is downwards, with a manager that I to be honest, I think is finished at the top level in Mourinho. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry I'm going in on one here. But Jack Spurs are absolutely dreadful under Mourinho. And you know, there's no way we should have should have won that game the other day, so thankfully we did. And then look, we beat we're beating a Sheffield United side that will get relegated. Credit to them, very decent side, but they will go down. We've beaten a god awful Newcastle side, a Newcastle side that has been awful for years. that has been dreadful mm-hmm. to watch, but doesn't pose any problems. So you'd expect every, these players to be performing as they are. So look, you know, credit mm-hmm. to them. Have we turned a corner? I don't want to get ahead of myself. There's encouraging signs. Because we can't deny that we look a lot better than we did under Frank. But again, I don't want to get carried away because we've seen these players who were, let's be honest, not good enough. They weren't good enough because Frank wanted them out the door. And that's not saying Frank doesn't know what he's doing. But Marcus Alonso, a few years ago, might have been good enough to win you a Premier League title. He's not good enough now. Tony Rudiger was never really good enough to win a Premier League title. Andreas Christensen, Shone for about a season under Conte till he had an absolute howler against Barcelona and has never recovered. <laughs> so history suggests that ultimately these players will come and let you down. So I don't, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So I may, maybe we've been brought back down to reality, and I don't want to end on a negative note, really. But I do think just, let's calm down. Let's calm down. You know when when, and again, Tuchel is a lot better manager than Solskjaer. But when Solskjaer took over United, they started flying, and they were in a similar position to us. Then they got, you know, in the top four conversation, and then they fell away dreadfully. And Tuchel's a lot better manager, yeah. but I don't want to get too carried away with it all. Because no, no, one hundred percent. I think against we should be winning.
2: One hundred percent. I think I said it last week. There's always going to be a manager bounce when when someone new comes in the door, and when when we do get that first defeat, which will happen at some stage, or have. A slight downturn in results that's when you'll see what these players can do and if we've really progressed under two shell. because you'll see the reaction from them in the next in the next games after that
1: yeah I think Saturday is going to be a struggle just on that and um, against Southampton because we've <laughs> as Nick went through we've beaten teams who play a very low block when Barnsley and Yes. Barnsley pressed us and we couldn't. I know we made changes, but Barnsley, a team we beat 6-0 or 6-1 or whatever earlier in the season and we couldn't handle it. Newcastle for five minutes or 10 minutes to start the second half pressed us and we couldn't handle it. We gave the ball away. We gave sloppy chances away. Southampton, I know they're in an awful run of form, but they will press. They'll have high energy. So it'll be interesting to see. I think that will be a big challenge going there. And early kickoff on a Saturday is never nice, is it? So we'll see how we react there. I think that's the big test of the midfield pairing and the rest of the side to see whether we have actually made any progress or whether, uh, as is suggested, we're getting ahead of ourselves.
0: Yeah, and exactly. And again, we talk about Southampton for 40 minutes this season. You know, Jorginho, Kante, I know it's a different year, but they look really good. And then as soon as Southampton put some pressure on us, you know, we crumbled. So again, you know, As I said earlier, and it's been a common theme, Jorginho and Kovacic, credit to them. They've done well so far this season. They've done, you know, sorry, they've done so well well so far under Tuchel. They've done a job. But let's just see what happens when we get tested more against a side that puts us under a lot of pressure, but plays with a lot more energy. A side that actually wants to try and win a game of football. And we'll just see what happens. So let's not get carried away. But so far, the signs are encouraging. They're positive. We're in the top four, but let's not get carried away with ourselves right that is all the questions that we have got sent in uh so far for this episode so on that note we're going to end it there i want to say a big thank you to matt for coming on as always it's matt's first time on the pod he's a you know he's a loyal listener as well from the pod and he's a good mate of jack so i'm sure we'll be getting matt on again in the future matt it was a pleasure having you on thanks for coming on man
1: thanks for having me yeah great to be here really enjoyed it great to um vent but in a positive way so yeah
0: cheers for having me yeah exactly always nice to have a guest on after a win and look maybe we were slightly more negative than people would like but also think we're trying to be quite realistic at the same time and about the opposition we beat right jd it's nice doing pods when we win though isn't it yeah
2: definitely let's let's hope there's more of these because it can be a struggle after a
0: loss i'll tell you that (laughs) yeah exactly as for us you can follow us on instagram at spot on Twitter at put we're available on all your usual podcast platform providers and until the next episode everybody keep the blue flag flying
1: sports social podcast network
0: Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com
1: it's my little escape
0: now Judy's the life of the party
1: oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon
0: whoa take it easy Judy <laughs>